Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. MashaAllah, what an honor and a privilege uh, we have today to be joined by Dr. Haifa Yunus, alhamdulillah, for the first time on Quran 30 for 30. And inshallah ta'ala, we're uh, solidifying her commitment, signing the contract every year from now, inshallah. So we want to make sure we have you every year, inshallah. Uh, but it's an honor and a privilege, uh, tabarakallah, to have you, alhamdulillah. And um, we're thoroughly enjoying, uh, if those of you who haven't seen, mashallah, the work that that Dr. Haifa does all the time, but the, the Ramadan series that she's doing as well, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, um, it's, it's, mashallah, just a, an incredible uh, window thus far into the lives of Ummahat al-Mu'mini and the mothers of the believers. But in general, alhamdulillah, this is this is long overdue for you to to come and join us for Quran 30 for 30. So, jazakumullah khair for joining us. And you and Sheikh Abdullah were in Turkey, subhanallah, yes. uh, together uh, doing... So this is a true story, subhanAllah, the chances. Dr. Haifa was in Turkey with Sheikh Abdullah, Sheikh Yasser Bajaj, Sheikh Suleiman Hani, who we had yesterday, right? Yes. And then I went to California, and you landed in California the day of and came to the Masjid, alhamdulillah, <laughs> so I met you there in in, uh, in, in Irvine, alhamdulillah. Yes. Uh, so this shows you, subhanAllah, the way that the world uh, connects us all, or Allah connects us all through this world in, in, in such incredible ways, subhanAllah, his qadr is amazing in this regard. Um, so Dr. Haifa, usually we, Sheikh Abdullah and I have have a little bit of uh, some humor between us, but can you share with us a lighthearted moment from perhaps Umrah or any time, inshallah ta'ala, just, uh, you know, that, that can, or a Ramadan moment with someone from your community, not to put you on the spot, inshallah ta'ala. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to make a, a, something clear. I, the first time we talked about 3030, we're actually in Qatar in November, remember? We met by chance in the same hotel. Right. And right. Uh, right. Sheikh Omar did not miss a moment. After I said, Salam alaikum, alaikum salam, you are going to join us this year for 3030. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> 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 let let me see my schedule. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Allah made it happen. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. You know what is the the best moments? I mean, I wouldn't say a fun moment because out of the respect to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the masjid of Rasulullah but the not only the peace, but you feel happy. Subhanallah, it's very crowded. Um, everything doesn't go most of the time because Allah teaches us you are not going to do it your way. Allah will do it his way. You know, you plan something and then all. But you always are very happy. You're smiling. Everyone is smiling. I mean, all the group looks at each other and says, why are you smiling? I was like, why I am not not smiling? What else will make me smile? You know, you are in his house, whether in Medina or Mecca in Ramadan. It's beautiful. You see all these people, they gather for only one reason. And it's amazing. I mean, when you look at the millions, they're here to please him. Subhanallah. It's amazing. And it's very difficult, to be honest with you. I mean, especially with the fasting and the crowd and getting food, going to the and the daily things that we, it's very easy. When you come in Ramadan in Mecca or Medina, it gets very challenging, but everybody's very happy. It's, it's amazing. Wow. I kept asking Allah to keep it this way, subhanAllah. And it's very, there's no words. I keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make me among the grateful and everybody who Allah blessed them to come to Mecca and Medina anytime is actually to be grateful to Allah that I am not worthy 
of it, but you are generous. Subhanallah. From among the billions, why me or we or us? I, I felt the same thing when we were in Turkey, actually. Yes, it was very um, moving and, and challenging, but also we were blessed because Allah shows us his signs on the ground. And I was, I kept saying two things. Why you are showing this to me? And why not me? Why these people were in the earthquake? Why not me? What is so special about me? You know? Yeah. And I remember the verse from Surah Yusuf, Ya Allah, all these are signs. Ramadan is sign, fine. Fasting is signs. The Quran is signs. The, the challenges we go through, but then Allah made it easy. It's all signs. So it's beautiful. Um, I'm very happy, but it's I keep, I'm scared. Honestly, I'm being very honest. It's like I keep telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not worthy, but you are. Make me among the grateful. And you are always generous and don't deprive me from this. Subhanallah. And may Allah, may Allah invite everyone. Everybody. Ya Rabbi Amin. Doctor. So the, the juz today, we always say it's a rich juz and the entirety of the Quran is rich, subhanAllah. But uh, we decided, Sheikh Abdullah and I are going to try to get out of your way as quickly as possible so we can hear your reflections, inshallah ta'ala. So we're going to try to keep our reflections inshallah ta'ala apt and we're really looking forward to, to hearing from you as well as reflecting together bidinahi ta'ala um, Shaykh Abdullah why don't you get us started today Bismillah Tadr Shaykh Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyini ala nabiyihi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'ina ma ba'd so subhanallah I love what, what uh, Dr. Khifa mentioned uh, I am not worthy, but you are generous. SubhanAllah, I love that. I love that so much because that just reminds me of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being he is the one that is virtuous and gives us more than we quote unquote deserve. I am not worthy, but you are generous. SubhanAllah. And what I want to talk about are, are the individuals that manifested this to the best. You know, after the Prophet, they were companions. And one reason we say radiallahu anhum is because with their humanity, with their struggles, with their humanness, they still fought through internally and externally, particularly when we're talking about uh, externally, when they when they fought those that differed with them from the mushrikun. And even to a certain degree, those that were the munafikun that held the kufr, the disbelief inside of their hearts. But they displayed belief with the with an ultimate plan of the demise of Islam and the Muslims. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in certain verses here something very interesting in regards to uh, numerous things, particularly uh, him being enough and sufficient, him being sufficient for us, regardless of what we may see in front of us. And that is what is so important in regards to our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing that he is sufficient for us, whether we know it or not with what is in front of us, that the odds may be in front of us, but we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he is the one that is enough for us because he grants us more than we deserve. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the chapter of Al-Anfal, verse number 62 to 64, وَإِن يُرِيدُ أَنْ يَخْدَعُوكَ فَإِنَّ حَسْبَكَ اللَّهُ هُوَ الَّذِي أَيَّدَكَ بِنَصْرِهِ وَبِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and should they seek the, to deceive you, Allah is sufficient for you. He is who strengthened you with his, with his succor and the believers. So those that wanted to fight against the Muslims and cause their demise, be the cause of their demise, they may display that they agree with you and that they want sin, that they want to have a treaty with you or they want to have peace with you. But in, inside of them, they have an ultimate plan. 
How would you know? How would you know in your life that there may be someone that you want, you have good intentions and they may display the good intentions, but they have a plan to plot against you and don't want good for you. Rather, when they see bad happen to you, يفرحون, they are happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this situation, you, you may never know, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient for you. Allah is sufficient for you. He is enough. He is the one that helps you and the mu'mineen. He is the one that helps you and the mu'mineen. Remember, the source of all goodness is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't ever forget that. And don't rely on the fact that your ignorance of a plan of someone can be the reason for your demise. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate source of goodness and protection and love and honor and mercy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the next, the following verse, وَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ لَوْ أَنْفَقْتَ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا مَا أَلَّفْتَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ أَلَّفَ بَيْنَهُمْ إِنَّهُ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, and join their hearts, being the mu'mineen, the mu'mineen, the believers in Allah. Had you given away all the riches of the earth, you could not have joined their hearts together. لَوْ أَنْفَقْتَ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا This is very important because we may take means to bring people together. You have the right intention, the right words. As was mentioned earlier a couple of days ago, you may do what it takes Islamically, particularly from the dhawahir, what is in, what is in front of you. But sometimes shaitan can play with you and you say, why hasn't this person become Muslim? Why hasn't this couple come back together? I've done everything right when it comes to logistically, when it comes to what I've studied in theory as far as what to say, when to say, how to say it. I've spent my money for this organization. I've spent my money to bring people together, to bring this person back to the deen, quote unquote. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding you, you have no ultimate control. Do what is upon you and have iman and faith in Allah that he will do it when he pleases. As one of my mentors used to say, subhanAllah, we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his conditions, not on ours. We always have to check ourselves and see, are the expectations of my dua on my conditions? When I'm displeased with what Allah has not given me, why am I displeased? I have to remember that is, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the manifestation of his names and attributes are done, are executed, are intensified on his terms, not ours. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows that if you were to spend all of the money on the earth, you it is not you that is a source of guidance, the source of togetherness, the source of unity. But you take the means and with that, you will be rewarded individually and inshallah, collectively, he will bring you all together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after that, Ya yuhan nabiyu, hasbukallah. Allah says in verse number 64, O Prophet of Allah, it is, O Prophet, Allah is sufficient for you and the believers who follow you. Meaning that Allahu hasbuka and Allah is hasb for the mu'minin. Allah is enough for you and Allah is enough for the mu'minin. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he brings in this deen of Islam, and this is important, I want to end here. We have to remember as Muslims to the best of our ability. And that is the struggle, to be honest. That is a struggle for us to remember that I cannot rely on what I do and what is in front of me and think that that is the reason, the ultimate reason, or dare I say, the only reason for guidance 
or for what I wanted. We have to remember it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the ultimate source of all goodness. He's the source of that which I wanted was actually executed. That this person came back to Islam, that my family came back together, right? It was because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is only upon us to take the means to see the blessings of Allah and the beautiful attributes, attributes of Allah shower upon us. Remember the statement that the dua that's also mentioned in the Quran, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough for, enough for us. So remember that whatever we do in our life, know that you do what is within your power that is friend, that is couched in deficiency, that is couched in incompleteness, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect. And remember that perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, always asking him for his beautiful names and attributes, making the dua to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and remembering that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always be there for us. May Allah make us of those that truthfully trust on him, for verily he is sufficient for us. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh Barakallah fikum for the beautiful reflections. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam wa rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa na. So subhanAllah, Shaykh Abdullah is talking about this idea of the matter of the heart. And this is something that we've been sort of emphasizing, that your worldview is only to what your heart actually desires and what your heart actually sees. And what I wanted to actually speak about was a selection of verses from Surah At-Tawbah that I think speaks a little bit to that desire that you could see from Dr. Haifa in the very beginning. Verse 100 in Surah At-Tawbah. Says, and if those who led the way, the first of the Muhajireen, and then the first of the Ansar, and those that follow them in the best possible manner, Allah is pleased with them, and they are pleased with Allah, and He has prepared for them gardens beneath which rivers flow, and they will abide therein forever. And this is the great success, the supreme success. SubhanAllah, something to note about these, these verses here. Because this is an insert within a long admonishing of the munafiqeen, of the hypocrites. That there are people <clears throat> who wish they could have been with the Prophet ﷺ, who wish they could have been from the muhajireen, who wish they could have been from the ansar, and who have a sincere desire to wish to have been able to see the Prophet ﷺ and to follow those great generations in ihsan, in excellence, meaning Nothing in the world, and the Prophet ﷺ captured this emotion when he said, there are people that will come after me. Nothing in the world would be more beloved to them than seeing me, subhanAllah, than being with the Prophet ﷺ. And their wanting to be with the Prophet ﷺ drives them in such a way that they see past all of the allure of this world and they long for that being in the companionship of the Prophet ﷺ in the highest level of paradise. So compare this to the munafiqeen, compare this to the hypocrites. The hypocrites had the Prophet in their midst, but were distracted by the immediate material world around them. The sincere followers of the Prophet did not get to live with the Prophet but they hoped to be from those who followed the Prophet and those generations in excellence, in ihsan, and nothing of the world, even if it's 1400 years later, and even if they have everything that the material world has to offer them presently, nothing can take them away from that desire to be followers of the Prophet ﷺ and the righteous in ihsan, in excellence, 
purely for the reward of the hereafter. Purely for the reward of the hereafter. Now, if you compare this to the very next verse, verse 101 of Surah Tawbah, that as for the Bedouin Arabs around you, some of them are hypocrites. And even from the people of Medina, there are those who have been infected with hypocrisy. You don't know all of them, and we certainly know all of them. We will punish them with twice the punishment, and then they will return back to a grievous punishment, to, to, to a grievous suffering. Now, subhanAllah, this is very interesting because the Prophet said that those who believe in the Prophet without having seen him have doubled the reward. And here Allah is saying those hypocrites who were with the Prophet and saw him and still betrayed the mission of the Prophet have double the punishment. However, this brings us to a theological issue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that for those that are punished in the hereafter, jaza'an wifaqa, they have exact compensation for what they have done. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase the reward for the believers in paradise. Jaza'an min rabbika ata'an. Allah will reward them far beyond what they have earned. But for those who are punished in the hereafter, they are punished in accordance with what they have earned. So many of the ulama, many of the scholars, what they take from this verse is they say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says, that we're going to punish them twice, that they will fail in their worldly pursuits and they will fail in the hereafter as well. So they'll actually be punished in this life and in the next. What does it mean to be punished in and in the next, subhanAllah, they betrayed the reward of the hereafter or they, they they were willing to forego the reward of the hereafter so that they could take advantage of what they thought was a reward and victory in this life. And look what Allah is telling them. You will fail both in your worldly pursuit and you'll even fail worse in the akhirah, in the hereafter. This is such a powerful lesson for us, subhanAllah, as we're thinking about what we construct here. And there is an element that Allah is speaking about, about those who try to jump on the bandwagon, not for the purpose of faith, but for the purpose of using that faith for something that is fruitless and something that is folly. What am I speaking about here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to tell us about the hypocrites and the masjid that they built. Okay, So Allah azawajal, when he mentions in verse 108, for example, لا تقوم فيه أبدا Allah says that never stand therein in the masjid of the hypocrites. A masjid that was established on the foundation of God consciousness is more worthy for them to stand in it for prayer. They have in it people that love to purify themselves and Allah loves those who purify themselves. If you go to the firsts and you go to episode 99, I believe, we talked about who these people were. Kulthum ibn al-Hadim, Sa'ad ibn Khaythama, Uwaym, may Allah be pleased with them all. These incredibly pious people. Now, I want you to look at something very significant here. The hypocrites tried to build a masjid, right? Because that was the extent that they were willing to go to in order to fulfill their worldly aims. Imagine even establishing a structure that is meant for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that they could fulfill their lowly desires. Because there was nothing off limits from the religion for them to use for their material pursuits. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praising the believers 
who always find themselves at the front rows. The hypocrites always find themselves in the back rows, trying to capitalize not on following the believers in ihsan and excellence, but in following them in what they perceive as a worldly opportunity. And I'm going to give you one narration, inshallah ta'ala, then I'll pass it off to Dr. Haifa in this regard. Many of you have heard the famous narration about Ukasha, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu when he stood up on the minbar, and the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that there are some people that will enter into Jannah, and they will enter without any form of questioning or any form of accountability. And Ukasha radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua that I'm amongst them. The Prophet said, you are amongst them. And then another person said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua I'm amongst them. And the Prophet said, Sabaqaka biha Rukasha. Rukasha beat you to it. Many of the scholars said that the person who said it after Rukasha was actually a hypocrite. So he was trying to jump onto something, right? And, the, and that's why the Prophet said, Allah, Allah has already written this for Rukasha. Because the sincere believers already have this natural fitrah to where they jump at the opportunity to please Allah and to receive the reward of the hereafter. They're ihsan-oriented, they're excellence-oriented, so they're naturally always at the front. Whereas the hypocrites always find themselves trying to jump on the bandwagon afterwards, not to try to reap the reward of the hereafter, but to try to get some sort of worldly opportunity or worldly recognition. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from being amongst those hypocrites. Allahumma ameen. And with that, inshallah ta'ala, I'll pass it on to uh, Dr. Haifa. Jazakumullah khair. Jazakumullah khairan. Bismillah. Walhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. May Allah reward the Yaqeen Institute for everything they do. And there is a special greeting I'm going to send here online to my niece, Yasmin, who texted me yesterday and she loves the 3030. She didn't know I was coming and she was asking me why you are not coming and then texted me right away and she says, now you are coming. So may Allah reward you because you're also not only spreading the knowledge for everybody, especially for the youth. So may Allah reward everybody in Yaqeen, Ya Rabbi Ameen. I was, and I always say this when I start speaking about the Quran, who I am to speak about the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make me worthy, Ya Rabbi Ameen. And especially talking about Surah Tawbah, which is the, in the part of it is, or the majority of it actually, in the 10th part of the Quran. One of the names of Surah Tawbah, or the repentance, is actually Al-Fadiha, the one that exposed. And that's what Sheikh Umar was just talking about, is it exposed the hypocrites. And every time we read Surah Tawbah, we have always to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from being these people, or we changing, and without us knowing that we ended up being in that category. And one of the verses that I really love, and it is very relevant to us in Ramadan. Ramadan is a blessed month and mainly, plus, of course, the fasting and the Quran, but mainly we spend majority of the Muslims a good part of the day in the masjid, and especially in the last 10 days. And alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, as Allah blessed me to be in his blessed land, um, these verses came to my mind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 17 and 18 and he's talking about the disbelievers first. And he said, مَا كَانَ لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ يَعْمُرُوا مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ شَاهِدِينَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ أُولَٰئِكَ حَبْلِطَةْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ وَفِي النَّارِ هُمْ خَالِدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the disbelievers, they will not be able, or they are not allowed. And there is many ways, and how do you say يَعْمُرُوا to enter, to maintain, to flourish the houses of Allah. And they have witnessed the 
publicly said they don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever they do, whatever they do, their actions will go for vain. These are mushriks. They, in aqeedah, they associate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, someone else. Now comes to the verse that you and me really need to focus on. إِنَّمَا يَعْمُرُ مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ and inama in the Arabic language meaning adatu hasr, everything is going to come after is specific. So who will, or who will flourish, build, maintain, attend the houses of Allah? So I need to remember this. Inama yamuru masajid Allahi man amana billah we believe Allah in Allah. Alhamdulillah. Waliyom al-akhir. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wa aqam al-salah. Perform, maintain salah, not only in Ramadan, not only in Ramadan, not only when I need Allah. Aqama, perform, not only do it quickly, no, perform. Aqama salata, wa'ata zakah, the last one. So perform salah, you give the zakah, the charity, the obligatory charity, if you are eligible. And this is unique in this verse that that person who will benefit from a masjid are allowed, not allowed in this, in the physical sense, but what Allah expect from that person who he welcomed him to his house, that he or she fears no one except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every concept, in every aspect. Whenever I come in my daily life, Allah is number one in my life. Is that pleasing to Allah? I'll go and do it. This is not pleasing to Allah. I am not going to do it. It is hard. Allah will make it easy. Everyone else is doing it. I shouldn't. And I pray for them that Allah show them what they show me. So I need always to feel when I go to a masjid. And very cool. And next, I'm going to share with you what does it mean to go to a masjid. I need to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants certain things from me. To be qualified physically but mainly spiritually, to be a guest of him in his house. I believe in Allah. I believe in the day of judgment. I perform salah. I give the charity, but mainly no fear, no love to any human being before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we are in Ramadan, alhamdulillah, going to the masjid, I want to share with you, maybe to some is basics, but it's always good to remember. And it's always get good to be reminded. When I have finished my iftar and ready to go to the masjid, what should I remember? What did the Rasul told me, guided me? And some of the verses in the Quran, number one, as you are getting ready to go, Ya Bani Adam, khudu zinatakum anda kulli masjid, wakulu, washrabu, wala tusrifu, innahu la yuhibbul musrifin. Allah said this in Surah Al-A'raf which is in chapter 9. He said, Bani Adam, children of Adam, beautify yourself. Take every beauty with you when you go to the masjid. In the kulli masjid, in every masjid, beauty external and beauty internal. Dress properly. Where are you going? Whose house is this? The more I glorify the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more when I leave my house, going to the masjid, I will feel, dress, act differently. Number one, as we are leaving the house, tell, let's tell ourselves, I'm going to his house. I'm going to be his guest, capital H. 
Anyone who glorifies the symbols of Allah is a sign of taqwa, signs of Allah conscious. And the houses of Allah is his symbol. Number one, dress beautifully, man and a woman, but according to what pleases Allah. Dress properly, my beautiful sisters and my respected brothers. We should not dress casual. We should not dress as if I am going anywhere else. I'm going to his house. And I always remind myself, if I and you get invited to, to attend to a dignitary, how do we dress? What about the king of the kings? Number one. Number two, make sure you smell good. And there is a special hadith of Rasulullah when he said, if you have eaten, subhanAllah, garlic, garlic, don't come to the masjid. Why, Ya Rasulullah? Because I'm going to hurt the people next to me from the smell. So I make sure I smell good. And of course, for the woman, there is no perfume going to the masjid. But I smell good. Number two. Number three. As I am going to the masjid, remember, those who enter, maintain, flourish. I want to be one of them because I want Allah to look at me and say, she, she's practicing my verse. She's practicing my word. Alhamdulillah. Number three, as you go to the masjid, there is a beautiful hadith, subhanAllah, there is a man in Medina who actually lived far from the masjid. And he used to come every day to pray with the Rasul. And one of the Sahabas, Sayyidina Ubay ibn Ka'ab, he came to him and he said, Why don't you let me get you a mount, an animal, so you can come and it will prevent you from walking in the heat and getting all this difficulty? And he said, No, 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 no. I want to walk because I will get more rewards. So Ubay ibn Ka'ab went to Rasul and he says, Ya Rasulullah. This is the story of this man. So Rasulullah called the man and he said, why are you doing this? He said, I want to get the rewards. And Rasulullah told Sayyidina Ubay, leave him, let him get the reward. So if I live far from the masjid, I need to tell myself, maybe I am luckier than the person who comes or lives closer to the masjid. For one reason, there is more rewards for me coming. So it's okay. Let's drive a little bit further. Let's, let's, let's have more time to come to the masjid because I will get more reward. Next, and I'm going to go this very quickly because when you enter, enter with Sakina. Allah is looking at me. It is his house. I can run. I can't shout. I can't speak loud. When the adhan goes on, I need to listen. Because that's a reward for me. Allah will forgive me when I listen to the Adhan. Now the masjid, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala built or allowed to have his homes and houses to glorify him is not to talk. Some even says talking about dunya things in the masjid is not really recommended. Even some say it is disliked. I need to remind myself, where am I? What is the masjid for? Remember Allah. 
get myself and my heart closer to him, glorify him, meet people, alhamdulillah, but not during Adhan, not during the, when the Quran is being recited. Let's all learn to, not only, I don't want to say the word respect, but let's give the masjid is do right. Beautiful to bring the children where else they will be, but also I need to train my children that this is the house of Allah and let's glorify him. And if I need to leave early, leave early, but don't leave after the adhan has been called for the obligatory salah. It's actually also a dislike unless there is a necessity. There's way more things to say, but I want to remind everybody, when we glorify the symbols of Allah, his Quran, his adhan, his masjid, his psalm, his fasting, that's a sign that my heart is actually full of Allah conscious. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this, Ya Rabbi, Ameen. And may Allah accept from everybody and reward everybody. Jazakumullah khair. Forgive me if I took longer than what I should. No, no, you could you could go on as long as you want, Dr. Haifa. In fact, subhanAllah, we want to ask you a few questions, inshallah, and reflect a bit. Um, may Allah bless you. The, the idea of taqwa al-qulub and ta'zim sha'air Allah. The piety of the heart and the glorifying of the symbols of Allah. Many times you'll see people dismiss the sha'ir of Allah, the symbols of Allah, in the name of taqwa al-qulub. I have a good heart. This is all just external, ritualistic, not significant. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making a direct connection between those two things. In fact, even rijalun yuhibbuna an yatatahharu, people that love to purify themselves. The tafsir of that ayah, uh, according to many of the narrations, was it was talking about Uwaym radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Ahl quba who already were doing a form of wudu and ghusl that was as stringent as some of the practices of the Jews of Medina because they thought, well, this is a means of ihsan, a means of excellence to wash ourselves as much as possible. So there was a literal purification and going overboard in the purification even and doing some of the practices that would be validated by Islam and it's especially uh, perfected by Islam, right? Finding that balance. But they weren't trying to do things because of worldly prestige, they were doing ta'aleem sha'a'ir Allah. They were uh, invoking and honoring the symbols of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of what was in their hearts. And there's a connection between the two. So when someone says, well, you know, my heart is good, but nothing else is good. That's a weak excuse to use with Allah on the day of judgment. And then they point to people that are hypocritical. They say, well, these people do this on the outside. They do this on the outside, but their character is like this and you know they pray a lot but they also have this that's fine they're going to be asked on the day of judgment about that but don't try to meet allah like an incomplete package you know try to meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that full thrust with that connection of the goodness of the heart as well as the honoring of his symbols don't be satisfied with hypocrisy or deficiency or discrepancy the way that the hypocrites actually were not only satisfied with discrepancy but they use that discrepancy for dunyawi purposes for worldly uh, accumulations and uh, I think this is such a good a beautiful testimony subhanallah everything that you mentioned and I'll say one more thing here you know a lot of times we tend to mock I tell people this especially in Umrah and Hajj and Dr. Haifa and Sheikh Abdullah I know because we've all been there recently this will resonate you see someone who maybe is illiterate who spent their life's earnings to get there and yes maybe they're seeing Maqam Ibrahim and they're you know losing themselves like oh wow Maqam Ibrahim and maybe they're, they're trying to figure things out. Maybe they don't have the full step-by-step -step that you have on how to do Umrah properly and Hajj properly. And maybe there's a mistake here or there. 
And maybe their manners are not as refined as yours. You know, subhanAllah, I actually wrote about, wrote about this or I did a video about this one time. I remember seeing a lady terrified of the escalator in the haram. She'd never been on an escalator before. Mm. That's how simple she was. She's never been on an escalator before. And she's terrified of it, taking a step on the escalator. And the guard is trying to explain to her the mechanics of an escalator. But some of these are the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to honor these symbols of Allah and they're wanting to do things right and that genuine outpouring. It doesn't mean that ignorance is a good place for us to be in. But do you really put yourself on a level higher than them just because you had the full app technology and all the guide and everything given to you? There is a connection here between the way you feel when you see a masjid enter the masjid, how your heart has that outpouring and how you connect yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I just wanted to, Dr. Haifa's further reflection. Yeah, Jazakallah khair, Sheikh Umar. Subhanallah, I was just telling the group recently with me in Umrah that there is millions are doing tawaf. And you look at those and you wonder who is among them is the real wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're all doing the same. They're all doing the seven. They're all doing dua. But where is the heart? And who is... Allah looking at them and says, this is my servant. So we all, and I'm Jazakallah khair, we all have to absolutely don't put ourselves on any pedestal. May Allah forgive all our shortcomings. As one of the righteous people said, if sins had a smell, nobody can sit next to me. Subhanallah. Having said that also, but that doesn't mean it's only the heart is enough. Otherwise, why did Allah says, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ repeatedly in the Quran, very few verses, where Allah only said those who believe. He always combined them, amilu salihat. As I always say as an example, if someone tells me, I love you, or a, a, a child tell his mom, I love you, or you don't know what is in my heart, then she goes and tell him, do your bed. And then guess what? There's no bed is done. Immediately you'll say, how do you love me? You didn't show me. And I say to, to myself, show Allah in actions that what is in your heart is real. And what does it take? Little bit changes, right? Little bit being different than others, but in his sight is different. And the last thing I want to comment, something you also said and reminded me, we all want excellence in dunya. Subhanallah. We want the best job. We want the best house. We want the best children. And there is nothing wrong with it. As long as it is halal, alhamd. But I remind myself before anyone, why not genetically for those? Why don't I want to be there? Why don't I want the Rasulullah to be my neighbor? Why don't I want to make sure Allah will look at me? And this needs extra hard work and it needs sacrifice as the, the verses you all shared. I have to be different from the others. The way it pleases Allah to qualify for the A plus place in Jannah. Uh, like now mentioning your series, mashallah, about Jannah. Makes everybody wants to go to Jannah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, I just uh, really, subhanAllah, the verses of the masjid, you know, I tell my congregation every now and then, I say, subhanAllah, I'm an imam here, but uh, you just leaving your house to get up and to go to the masjid and go right back home, we should never belittle that. We should never belittle just getting up and going to the masjid or having the intention and desire to go to the masjid or even in your home when you're praying at the most secret place in your house, you know, for the women if they do so this is something that is great with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take that time out to just spend time with Allah and leave this earth subhanallah I remember when I was <laughs> with someone we were in Turkey and then they said you know 
I just like last 10 days I leave the earth. You know, I leave the earth and I spend time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They know who they are. <laughs> I don't know who they are, Sheikh Abdullah. <laughs> You'll meet them soon, inshallah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's beautiful, you know, to take advantage of Ramadan, being in the matchup with the community and just looking at the signs of Allah within that particular aspect. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Muslim, the people that are with him, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Dr. Haifa. And what was your niece's name again? Yasmin. 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 Yasmin.